You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop, a full-service barbershop offering high-quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. 10th Ward Barbershop proudly serves the historic Lawrenceville, 10th Ward, and surrounding Pittsburgh areas. Adam frequents 10th Ward Barbershop when he swings through the area and loves Ryan Kane's laser-sharp precision on both his hair and beard needs. But you don't have to take his word for it. WWE superstars Finn Balor and Corey Graves frequent 10th Ward Barbershop for their hair and beard needs. The team at 10th Ward accepts walk-ins, but schedules fill up quickly. So the best way to see them is to make an appointment at 10thwardbarbershop.com. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. Make sure to grab some Silk Panther hair products in shop or online while you're there. Schedule your appointment today to see Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop today. And we thank them for sponsoring the program. Welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Thank you so much for joining me today. On my left is the entertainment reporter, content machine, Fit Factory ambassador, and coffee enthusiast, Liam Crawley. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. I didn't think you were actually going to say everything I, I gave you on the bullet points, but here we are. I'm, I'm, I'm better now. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it, man. Listen, I told you I was going to read everything verbatim. You guys sent it to me, and I'm going to read it. That's the way we do it here. And to my right, sir, occasionally appearing on Radio with Audacity and the Sporting Tribune, big-time Liam Crowley fan, and begrudgingly shows a Sam's Club membership card to the attendant, but is always confused because you have to scan a card anyway when you check out. So honestly, what the fuck is the point? Adrian Hernandez, how are you, sir? Great to see you. I'm doing so much better. Shout out to you with these. The greatest intros to any podcast of all time. Thank you for having us. Hey, I appreciate you guys joining me as well. But it's true, though. Like, why even have to show somebody a card and you have to scan? Like, it... We'll get into that later, but I want to thank you guys for coming on the show today, taking the time to talk to me. Lots of stuff going on in the wrestling world right now, but the biggest story right now that I know of and that anybody else can talk about is CM Punk returning to the WWE after an almost 10-year hiatus. Liam, I want to start with you. Were you there at Survivor Series? Were you in the crowd? Were you in the room? Tell me about the experience, and if not, what are your thoughts on the return of CM Punk? Yeah, I wasn't there and I'm actually glad I wasn't because that was a show that for the longest time, because it was Thanksgiving weekend, me and my friends who are all coming back to Massachusetts, were planning on watching it together. And that's like the double-edged sword of this job, right? Where you get to go to these events and travel and, and be there in person. But sometimes you want to just kick back and watch as a fan and not have to worry about covering it and doing reactions and stuff like that. So I was very much dead set on that show being something I'm just going to experience in a living room with my friends. And that being said, we all lost our collective minds when called the personality hit. Oh my God. They worked us so good. That yeah. logo came up on the screen, that little signature. And we all collectively said, we were joking the whole night. We kept going, oh my God, CM Punk reference. Someone just said <laughs> legacy. And there was an article that had legacy in the title. And that included CM Punk one time. Like we were going mental the whole time, jokingly. But we were like, oh, there's a signature. Well, unless it's a takeover situation. And then one of my friends goes, well, you know who runs WWE nowadays? The guy who used to do that all the time for NXT TakeOvers, <laughs> Mr. Daddy Full Sail, Triple H. That's right. They got Papa us so H, good. Sir. Papa H. 
Uh, we thank he, you. He got the he got the job done, and uh, I have a lot of emotions, both positive and negative. But I will tell you, in the moment it happened, it was just pure disbelief and one of the most magical wrestling moments I've ever experienced because of the reason that none of us knew it was happening. And that's what's crazy too, I think, and, and Adrian, I'll get into your in your thoughts on it as well in a second, but that's what's crazy to me is the fact that like we live in a world and, and, and a lot of what the three of us do and a lot of our contemporaries and our colleagues, we report this stuff, right? We talk about this, we analyze it, we, we and, and things get out, right? This is just the age of the internet and it's just the way that things work. So the fact that they were able to keep a lid on this completely for, I don't know, they say it's a week, but like really, it was probably longer than that, right? But they said they were able to keep it for that long. It's incredible, right? Like it, it didn't leak. It didn't go anywhere. So for me, it's just, it was this incredibly explosive moment as well. Adrian, tell me about, were you there? I think, I don't know if we can't remember if you were there at Survivor Series. Tell me about your thoughts and and, and your take on it. So I was in the building. I decided to make the trip. Uh, it was affordable. I just, I had a feeling. And if anything, the money in the bank with John Cena and CM Punk, like that moment was very pivotal of, I used to be a fan growing up, right? Mm -hmm. Then you grow up, you're in high school, you're playing sports, you're with friends. I dropped off. If that moment of money in the bank doesn't happen, I'm not where I'm at today. So at worst case, at worst case scenario, I'm like, I'm going to a venue that's like in the wrestling hall of fame, like Yankee yeah. stadium, a type of place that you have to go. So here's the thing. I went, flew in at like 6 PM yeah. uh, on Friday, quickly got into SmackDown and the attendance at all state arena, God bless them. They're just doing their job. In SmackDown, even just trying to take a photo of the ring, they were like very anxious. Put your phone away. And they did it to everybody. Wow. So I'm like, okay, this isn't going to fly for Saturday. So I messed up. I get there for Survivor Series. I'm a bigger dude. I asked to be like, hey, can I go sit somewhere else with more comfortable seats? I was like, perfect. I'm away from this lady. I can take photos. <laughs> Main event rolls around. I have to go back to our section with our designated seats because they're going to take us to the press conference. Long story short, I ended up in the wrong part of the section. <laughs> so I didn't get to go to the press conference. Well, luckily for me, right. I got to be in the arena and not in the press room when CM Punk came out. And I swear to you, this is what happened. I'm looking at the stage and they have a cameraman that was basically there the entire night to catch the ring entrance like walkway. That was his shot. And then he was doing stuff with the crowd. So I'm looking at him as Randy Orton's music's playing. And all he did was for one and a half seconds just quickly turned around and I'm like, oh, he's white balancing his camera. Oh, this is happening. Oh no, this is, but I'm telling you dudes, it was just, it was one second. It could no have been way. nothing. But in my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is happening. This is happening. So if you look at the videos I posted, like I just have it pinpointed there yeah. and then the music hits and I'm like, this is surreal. And the funniest thing is obviously you, everyone heard it throughout the broadcast, like the CM Punk chants were going throughout the night. Yeah. And like the longest chant of the night was maybe six seconds before it got drowned out with Randy chants or booze. Mm -hmm. The moment called a personality hit. Yeah. Everybody's been a fan since day one. <laughs> everyone was freaking out and happy. And it was just to this day before I, I hopped in here to do this. WWE posted the render of CM Punk, like his official WWE, his new headshot or whatever. And I'm like, this is, I don't, I still don't believe any of this. And we're a week after this happened. It's incredible. It's crazy though. It is. Cause I was thinking about that as well today. I was, I was looking at, I don't remember if it was the Royal Rumble poster that they, that they posted. Uh, but I remember looking at it and just, and, and really just having a moment, like we're really in an, in a new time in wrestling right now. Like this is actually happening. Like CM Punk is back. Randy Orton is back. 
The roster has never been more stacked than it is right now. I want to ask you, though, since you were there, how loud? Because I could hear, and I'm sure Liam can attest to this as well. It sounded deafening in that stadium that night. How loud? What like what was that experience like to be it's like almost enveloped by sound? What was that like? I was fortunate enough to go to Backlash um, to see Bad Bunny. But the thing is, is that like the the Bad Bunny chant was like a 72-hour experience right. from the, the the little press conference they did with the fans to the SmackDown. And it was just anticipation, whereas obviously Punk was a complete surprise, whether you thought so or not, no one knew. So like the Bad Bunny and the CM Punk are like 1A and 1B because they were different levels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in, in a lot of ways, it was fueled by... This is the hero of our city, of our island when it comes to Bad Bunny and CM Punk. But just the pure shock and the audible like, oh my goodness, like the faces walking around the parking lot, the multitude of people that were waiting for for, for all the wrestlers to come out of the venue. And obviously we saw the video with Punk signing autographs and everything like it was incredible. And I was so thankful because I was like, oh, so this is the Chicago crowd that's been crazy my entire life. So it was just a different effect. But yes, the roof did blow up from Allstate Arena. Like it was it was nuts. Unforgettable. It's unbelievable, man. Now, Liam, I want to talk to you a little bit more about because I know there's been conversation. Obviously, you know, we're, we're removed now from his arrival back in WWE uh, and his first promo on Monday Night Raw. I know a lot of people have been talking about how they were disappointed about this promo. There's a lot of people who I'm in this camp where I thought, listen, I think it was the best way for him to have approached this promo. What are your thoughts on that? Let's kind of pull that apart a little bit because I do want to talk about it. Lots of emotions after the promo. Uh, it takes a lot for me to stay up and watch an entire episode of Monday Night Raw. It's a long three hours. And I can't help but feel disappointed by the promo immediately just because of all the hype going in, the commercial-free first hour. We were all expecting something that was going to blow the roof off the place. They obviously want to save him for that main event slot, trying to keep the viewers in, not just for the first hour, but keep them retained for the entire three-hour broadcast. And he just said a lot of BS, man. Like, let's be real. I'm home. Give me a break. I That line... Again, I believe it's working towards a character. I believe they're working uh, his his whole like emotions into a storyline eventually because everyone's talking about the fact that he says all that you know seemingly gushing stuff to the live audience, but then afterwards he says to the camera, to us at home, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. And I don't think that that was an accident. I think that was deliberately planned and that will get woven into the eventual feud with Seth Rollins where he's saying like, you're not fooling anybody, you're just putting on a front for these people and then we get to see the real CM Punk when the cameras aren't necessarily rolling, when the microphone's not exactly at the front of your mouth. The I'm home line infuriated me. I, I can't lie. I, I'm a big AEW guy. I love that promotion. It, it resurrected my love for professional wrestling. Uh, similar to what Adrian was saying about how Money in the Bank was super pivotal for you for like resurrecting your fandom and all that. And I just, I can't help but take the side uh, of the originals in the locker room. And I can't help but take the side of the company. And I just, I feel like he did them so dirty. And to just kind of, hypocritically say I'm home and, and embrace WWE after the smear campaign. He went against them for what, seven, 10 years, everything he said, every the, the freaking return promo was nine years to the day from the Colt Cabana podcast in 2014. Mm. You can't make this stuff up. So again, me, CM Punk is like the most toxic fandom relationship I have with like a, a person of note because some days I wake up and I'm like, I love this guy. Let's put on 2011 highlights. Other days I'm like, get off my TV screen. Stop, you know, 
uh, parasitically poisoning my favorite wrestling promotion. So who knows what to make of it, but he's got my attention. He, he, he makes the television must see and going into the rumble. I'm fascinated by what they do with him and Seth. I think there's a lot of opportunity for them to really tell a really incredible story. I will admit to you, you can find it on my Twitter as well because I'm never calling it X, guys. I apologize. I'm not going to do that. I'm steadfast in my resolve on that. So, But anyway, I digress. Um, I was a mark. I got caught up in the Seth Rollins drama right there at the front, which I should have known better, right? Like in hindsight, you're like, oh shit, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But you're like, okay, I'm here and I'm excited and I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to be here, right? Um, do you think in a world, like, I guess, Adrian, we could talk about this for a second too. In a, in a world where CM Punk is back and obviously the goal is going to be Seth Rollins, do you see that match at the Royal Rumble or do you see them holding that out until WrestleMania? Where do you see that arc going with it? Because it's very clear that that's where they're going to end up going. I mean, they even posted that picture of him with friend of the show from friend of the show, Nick Hausman's uh, interview where Seth Rollins is cackling and we all know what that is, right? Like it's not a secret. It's not like you're not stupid, right? So where do you think it goes from here? How long do you think they wait before they pull that trigger? Well, really quick, Adam, I need clarification. Is there a, a event overseas in January before the Rumble? That's a good question. I know that there is in Saudi Arabia. Are they doing like it's obviously not Crown Jewel, but are they doing? They're not. No, no. So no, so Rumble's the next thing. Next, so we got nine. Rumble is the next thing. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. The Elimination Chambers after Rumble, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the international in Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I guess I'd pull the trigger at the Rumble. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, just re- touch base on the promo really quick. Yeah, yeah, like, go ahead, I just please. yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of brilliant in the worst way for like for fans <laughs> like yeah no 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 commercial free we yeah. got you and this is gonna happen and now we're gonna wait and he's gonna have six minutes I didn't expect much to be honest I didn't think he'd say anything about AEW to be honest if he's gonna do anything like that it might be in the ring like the Bucks kind of mocking the injury and something like that yeah. if it's gonna happen um, and like he he planted little seeds and I'm like look we're we're on we're on an adventure because we got nine weeks. Till this happens and the Rollins feud is money, man. Like it's you, you see the, the tweets starting to resurface of Rollins, like freaking out when Daniel Bryan faced punk um, back in the day and how much of a fan he was. And, and the story, like the thing I find so fascinating about you look at the Roman and Cody story and now CM Punk joining is the fact that Roman and Seth can go. You literally went somewhere to try to take away my livelihood. Right. Like, Obviously, it's dramatic, and this is storytelling, but there's a little bit of truth to that. Like, you went to the competitor. I work at a radio station here in Vegas. I hate the station I used to work at here in the same city. And if someone comes in, like, in the back of my mind, I'm not going to be rude and be a dick to them, but, like, I have a competitive spirit in the things that I do, and obviously they do. And look at how much they invest, and look at look at Seth's story. His whole life has been built up yep. to try to main event WrestleMania and what's the best way to do that in his career, unfortunately, is to go up against CM Punk and tell this story because the world is fascinated by it, which is why everyone was like, yo, what is going on? This man is going crazy. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, I don't think it'll be a maniac because I I don't know. I, I don't I don't see how the first match of CM Punk can be a weird finish at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there needs to be a clean first match whether that's a win or lose but they just spent three hours on raw giving them six minutes 
So we'll see what happens. <laughs> and I think he's, I think he's got to play ball in a certain extent, right? Like there's got to be, and to Liam's point, as far as like, you know, the, the, the toxicity and the poison of, in the locker room and things of that nature, like there has to be some reciprocity. There has to be some give like, Hey, we're going to bring you back in reality. WWE, WWE doesn't need him right now, right? They're doing bank gangbusters. They're doing numbers better than every month is better than the one before that. Um, he needs them more than they need him. Um, but I do agree. I don't necessarily know if I if I envision a very first CM Punk match in like a Roman Reigns bloodline type of schmaz ending, right? That doesn't sit well for me. I don't want to see that. I'm actually, preferably, I'm actually tired of seeing that on the bloodline as well, which is why I want Cody to win. And by the way, let's go Cody. But as far as uh, Seth going in that match, I think if they're going to pull the trigger at the Rumble, and Liam, I'll, I'll jump to you on this one. Do you think that it's a clean finish and that he goes over on Seth and they give him the belt? My question is, in other words, do you think it would be rewarding bad behavior in some aspect to give CM Punk a title right out of the gate as he comes back to the company? He's there for two months. His very first big match back is against Seth Rollins, and he beats him clean. What What are your thoughts on that? I would be shocked if he wins any WWE title at any point in this final run. I, I don't expect to see him with championship gold. But beyond that, there are so many different angles the punk path to WrestleMania could go the first and primary of which I do expect them to pull the trigger and have punk versus Seth first at the rumble. And here's the caveat here. I think there's a decisive finish only if they know that they're getting stone cold for mania mm, at mania 40, right? Because stone cold's not Steve Austin's not getting any younger. We saw the reports. If they can make it happen, you know, they are going to try, you know, that they're flying punk out to Texas and they're going to sit down and have a conversation. If they can get the signature on the dotted line, it's punk versus Austin main event of WrestleMania night one. That's how that goes. I, I, I promise you that's the match that headlines night one. It doesn't get bigger than that. On the contrary though, if Stone Cold's not going to happen. I think you ride out the Seth program all the way to Mania and have the third and culminating bout at WrestleMania and have, give Punk the win by disqualification or countout or a visual pinfall at Elimination Chamber or something. Or the third option, Punk Rollins at the Rumble, no finish because Priest cashes in mid-match. He walks away with the belt. I still think you can do a heel versus heel, Priest versus Gunther leading up to WrestleMania, involve Imperium, involve Judgment Day, give us some faction warfare. That can be a heel versus heel feud. The only problem is if that's the direction they go and then Punk gets Austin, once again, here we are for the third year in a row Seth Rollins is without a clear program because you can say all you want. The Cody match was money, but leading up to it, Seth Rollins was the odd man out of WrestleMania 38. No one knew what he was going to do. And even after the match, it was a great match, but all anyone wanted to talk about and deservingly so was Cody. And then the following year, who does he get? Logan Paul again, great match, but no one's talking about that match afterwards. No one's talking about Seth in the build up to mania. There is a world out there for the third year in a row that Seth Rollins is forced to just ride the bench going into the biggest show uh, of the year. And it makes me wonder how long until we see Tyler Black in an AEW ring. That's not going to happen. He's too much of a company man. I know that's never going to happen. That's a bold statement, sir. That's a bold statement, yes. However, you know, the frustrations that you see from guys like Drew McIntyre, guys like Seth Rollins, where they constantly get glanced over, you know, they're in a good position on the card, but these are guys who are, have the caliber of carrying the company right. on their back. And they've just been dealt a bad hand when they've been put in that position before. 
And if CM Punk comes in and, and snatches up the, the main event of WrestleMania without Seth Rollins on a part-time basis, you want to talk about hypocritical, like from the Raw promo. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he was complaining about Dwayne main eventing Mania as a part-timer. And here you are, pot calling the kettle black 12 years later. Well, let's open this up a little bit. Let's let's talk about this because I know there was some conversation, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there was some uh, rumor and innuendo regarding, was it Okada that is a free agent right now or potentially going to becoming a free agent? Do you think there's anybody on the international market that could potentially come in and have a, have a really solid program with Seth Rollins? Let's just game it out for a second because if Liam is here saying – you know, hey, he's gonna get he's gonna get shit canned for WrestleMania. He's gonna basically be floating without a dance partner. I'll, let's open it up. What do you guys think? Who do you think could step into that role to give Seth Rollins that moment? If it's not gonna be if it's not gonna be CM Punk, by the way, Liam gave you your clip. All yeah, right, he sure promote. he sure fucking did. Man. <laughs> he absolutely him. did. Yes, he did. And he came out, and it, it's also a very real thing of like how many people are gonna get shafted because even with two nights and fifteen to seventeen matches. There's not enough room for everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I did see some of the Okada tweets. Do I think he's going to come in in the like? I I don't see him coming in to WrestleMania. Like, even though it's what four months away. Like, I, to me personally, that's still not enough enough time, especially for the WWE. Like, we're not not everyone is built like that to know who, right. who he is. And right, obviously, he's one of the greatest in the world. But still, um. You you and and the craziest thing is like well Will Osprey just signed and we all forgot about it. I was just by the way, say, Strickland and Adam and Adam Hangman Page just had one of the best matches I've ever seen. That was just two weeks ago, by yeah. the way. But CM Punk just joined. It's like it's just nuts to think everything that's going on that people are forgetting. Yeah. Like to be honest, you there's a better chance of Mercedes Monet coming back mm. to the WWE before Mania than I see someone coming in to specifically go up against Seth Rollins. In my opinion. And can I add on that too? I don't want an international star to come in and face Seth Rollins because he has to lose then. Like that's right. how it works. You can you cannot bring in a, a, someone that the WWE audience has either not seen in, you know, 10 years like Cody Rhodes, not seen in 10 years like CM Punk or never seen before like Okada and have them lose that first match. But at the same time, you can't keep putting Seth Rollins in this position to where he is the main event gatekeeper. Like, like, let's be real right now. If you keep doing that, he is no more different than what Dolph Ziggler was for the NXT call-ups in the mid-2010s. Every single first main roster feud, Baron Corbin, Tyler Breeze, the list goes on, fought Dolph Ziggler and beat him easy. And then after a while, Dolph Ziggler lost his magic. Seth Rollins has worked his ass off to get that main event magic back. And you can't squander it all just because your shiny new toy needs to get over. <laughs> well, listen, this does he need to get over though? Yeah, Does he I don't need know if he to get needs over to though? No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying Seth needs to get over. He's in a great spot. You can't squander his I magic see. by by getting someone like Okada, Okada someone over. like right. if, if Osprey was still a free agent. Like I'd love to see Osprey versus Rollins one day. If Osprey signed with WWE, that should not be his first feud right. because then it would give away like what the result is going to be. Now, well, then, no, true. And sorry, yeah. I was assuming that it was CM Punk that you were talking about because I'm so stuck. on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess then that's a question. So who is it on the current roster that could be that marquee opponent for Seth Rollins? Do you guys have anybody earmarked? Liam seems to have more stock in this game uh, than I do. But I'm, I'm curious. What is your thought? Who would be that opponent for you? It'd have to be CM Punk. That's it. That's it. Right now, for, for Rollins to face somebody, it has to be Punk. It just, it, that's it. Plain and simple. And also... The signing of Punk, you mentioned it earlier. They didn't need. They didn't need to do this, right? Right. 
Right. So like for some reason they're 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 going for the throat. You know what I'm saying? And they're thinking like what can we do to make this the biggest mania ever when they've already sold all these seats and it doesn't matter honestly. And because they're in that type of mindset, why wouldn't you want to feed something that everyone's going to want to see? True. So, the situation I guess to Liam's point is is Austin signing Right. If he's signing, then right. we're doing Punk Austin. Thank God. Shout out to the greatest, the WWE 2K13, Jim Ross. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I watch, oh, that, on the, yes. I watch that on the regular, man. On the regular yes. still. Yeah. Your, your beady eyes. I'm not looking at your title. <laughs> I don't want anything you got. Oh, man, it's fantastic. Oof. Like, Oof. It's, it's either we're going to do that. Or he's not signing. He wants to stay retired. Thank you so much. Boom. Let's go yeah. to the money which might end up being a better match because obviously you got a guy in his prime and someone who isn't not the age of Austin with punk. So that, that to me, that's it. Anything else? Not interested to be honest. Let me jump in here real fast. Cause I, I was thinking about what Liam said earlier about the cash in. Okay. What if he has well, up until mania or just after mania to cash in, right? Like does that he'll be coming up on his year at that point. I think it, it's a, it's a year to the money in the bank premium live event. So like it technically it could be a little longer than a year if the money in the bank 2024 is a little after what 2023 was. So in 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 my mind I'm thinking about this as we're kind of gaming this out. What I think could happen is we have that three way that that you know the three matches between Punk and Rollins all the way up through WrestleMania, right? You get to the main event at WrestleMania, Rollins and Punk Priest cashes in and pulls a heist of the century, just like Rollins does. Sets up that continuing feud going forward. Like, hey, you're not the only one that did this. You're, I, I did just what you know what I mean. Like, it's it's that building on that storyline, building the new stars, advancing a story and building something new with him, as opposed to continuing with Punk. I could absolutely see that as an option and almost a preferred option. If you're talking about somebody like Seth Rollins, I don't want to see him get squashed again. I don't want to see him lose at WrestleMania again. I, I, you know, the Cody story, yeah, it was great. I loved it, that build there. It made sense inside the story. Logan Paul was like, okay, this is great. Like, you know, okay, he went over clean. It's fine, whatever. But I think at this point, if you're going to honor somebody who's at the top of, of his game and at the top of the card, I think that's the best way to do it. And you also protect Rollins and Punk at the same time right? You keep them both safe. Neither of them lose. Neither of them go over on each other. Everybody's happy. And the crowd gets an oh shit moment because now the judgment day really does have all the gold. So I would imagine that happening. I could definitely see that happening. I want to talk about the rumble a little bit more because Cody, uh, pastor Cody, as we know, just announced himself as the very first entrance in the Royal rumble 2024. Um, who do you guys have pegged? Liam, we'll start with you. We'll jump to Adrian. Who do you guys have pegged for your winners of the Rumble this year? We'll talk about men's and then women's uh, after that. It's really tough, man, because again, it's similar to the boat we were in last year, where is The Rock going to sign? Because mm. if The Rock wants to, to do the Roman match, he literally, I had this fight with so many people. There was one world title last year, meaning the only way Rock versus Roman happens is if Roman loses the title or Rock wins the Rumble. And yep. then people are like, he could just show up on Raw and declare. It's like, then what does the Rumble winner get? A US title shot? That would kill yeah. the prestige of the Rumble in that moment. So... I'm saying that in the sense of we are once again in a scenario where, again, I don't expect Punk. Well, actually, Punk could be involved in the world title match at Mania. But 
Stone Cold obviously won't be. Right. If Stone Cold signs, there's a huge domino effect there of, well, if Stone Cold signs, that eliminates these possible Rumble winners. If he doesn't sign, there are more names on the table. For now, I still think Gunther's going to win. Mm-hmm. I still think we get uh, uh, Gunther and either Seth Rollins or we got, we got what, McIntyre, Rollins next week on Raw, right? Mm-hmm. For, the, for the world title? No, J- world- Jay, Jay, Jay versus Uso. Rollins. Jay Uso, yeah. Jay, Jay versus okay. Rollins. Is there a world where McIntyre eventually beats Seth Rollins and his deal with the devil happens once again? Damien cashes in on him and we get some sort of a triple threat at, at WrestleMania with World uh, Royal Rumble winner Gunther taking on champion Priest, taking on challenger McIntyre and Gunther doesn't get pinned in the main event, but McIntyre is able to have his moment in front of all the fans. I, I think that's a long shot because he still hasn't signed and I, I don't think he's in that position right now in the card. I don't think he's getting those kind of reactions. But again, this is what makes wrestling so fun because remember back in the day, in the 2010s, in the Vince era, it was crystal clear who's winning the Rumble, what the Mania card's going to look like. There are so many options on the table right now. Yeah. If I had to bet, I'm still going with Gunther and for the women's, I, I still am very much a proponent of Jade Cargill winning that yeah. Royal Rumble in her debut match. Uh, those are my two. Wouldn't bet on either right now, but if I had to, gun to my head, those are my choices. Adrian, as a, as a follow-up to that, because that's one of the questions I have about the women's Rumble going into Mania. I don't see Rhea Ripley dropping the belt at any point before Mania at this point. I think that's a, that is a sure shot, steady bet. She's going to have that belt all the way through Mania. Uh, one of the issues I had, and it wasn't necessarily an issue with Zoe Stark as a performer. It's more about the the sort of the catalog of of, of uh, contenders that Rhea Ripley has had. I don't find them believable as a challenger to Rhea Ripley. I think that's a very big weak spot they have for them. And it's not for lack of trying, right? Like Zoe Stark's a great performer. Uh, you know, everybody that's come up, Liv Morgan's a great performer. They just, it doesn't feel believable against a Rhea Ripley, um, which is why I'm inclined to believe or to, to side with Liam on this as far as Jade Cargill. I think she's going to be the one who they prep to win that, that Royal Rumble match and then go over on uh, Rhea Ripley at uh, WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on the, the men's Rumble and then the women's Rumble and Jade Cargill? Well, well, we'll start with the women's because if that should be the opinion of everybody in WWE, we need to get Jade as ready as possible. And on one hand, I'm like, well, you know, they made a really big deal as soon as she signed, and rightfully so, but having her show up and show up and show up and then not like just suddenly cut her off was like, well, there's no way they possibly knew that she was that green or not ready for what they want from her. And, but also that would play into like, that would be very smart for everyone. Like, oh shit, she's finally here. Um, But there's just something that like, if she hasn't appeared on TV and stuff already, even just popping up at Survivor Series, I don't know, Bailey gets beat up or like somehow popped up for some circumstance or whatever the situation is. I'm going to put her as my second. I think it's going to be Bianca. Um, To Mm. your point, with the Royal Rumble winner, they get to decide what show they want to be on. You know what I'm saying? So they get the de facto, like the tag team champs, they could show up to either show. Um, because the only person it, off the top of my head is like Nia. Nia Jax could have been a believable opponent to, to Rhea. And they tried to do that. They didn't, it didn't really um, come to fruition. And I know there's frustrations with Rhea. And I'm like, this is dope. She's dominant as hell. You better enjoy this China run for those that aren't like, that didn't get to live through that because yeah. that's what yeah. we're doing. And she's and Rhea's a star, bro. If Roman yeah, can do what he can, she can do what she can. Yeah. Um. So I, I'll go with Bianca, but that's interchangeable because you could, you have the option of it can be Charlotte, it can be Becky, um, anybody on damage control too. To be honest, yeah. um, because we know all of them can go, which is like again, 
Triple H right now is the kid that grew up with the PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. Like, he has <laughs> options to do whatever the hell he wants and not just have one. Now, when it goes to the men's, the funniest thing is that uh, at the Survivor Series store, like, I talked to a lot of people, and 90, there was literally only two other answers than Gunther. Someone said The Rock. And he's like, I don't believe it, but I'm going to say it. And then the other person said Solo. Ooh. And to me, the thing is, like, are they going to put Gunther in this match uh, with with the Intercontinental and going for the big belt. I mean, they could do it. To me, that kind of ruins, that kind of, I guess it frees up a match, but also like in my head, it's like, no, you can have him in a feud for the Intercontinental title with someone and make it worth it because that title means so much now because of the record right. that like, that's a, that's a big ass event. We know he's going to go. So yeah. everyone's going to want to see that match, especially following up last year's triple threat that he was involved in. Um, but like, it's either Gunther or they take the easy layup, which is Cody repeating and just hitting F5 and refresh on this Roman Cody story. Well, I mean, it's a fascinating point, though, as far as like the issue that I had so much with Money in the Bank when Austin Theory had it was because I felt like it, it cheaped out on on like to Liam's point as far as cheapening that that briefcase. Right. You haven't cash yeah. in for the United States title. Really? Like that's not that's not what I wanted to see. You've, you've now almost effectively stifled this man's jump. He hasn't gone anywhere since that point. I have a lot of issues with his United States run as it is, but I could see Solo really doing something incredible if he does win the Rumble with the Intercontinental title. I could absolutely seeing being see that match being incredibly important. Liam, what do you think about that? Do you think, and I could also see Solo being the guy that beats Gunther in the first place. Like I could, I, if there's anybody on the roster that I can think of, uh, that could potentially dethrone Gunther. Solo is kind of the only guy that that pops into my mind right away. Liam, what are your thoughts on that? Solo winning the Rumble and challenging for the IC title is so interesting because at first I I want to say I hate it at first just because of the nature of this is your one way ticket to the main event. When I was first watching pro wrestling, I'll never forget Royal Rumble 2012. Before I started to notice the patterns of, of how things were booked, I was dead set. I really thought I could have put my life savings on it that Justin Gabriel was going to win the Rumble and he was going to get a world title shot at WrestleMania. <laughs> I fully bought into the idea that this, you know what? He's been on main event. He's been on superstars. One-way ticket straight to the top. Right. Justin Gabriel, world champion, 2012. Didn't happen. And the idea of, of course, the Intercontinental title has gained so much prestige, but the idea of going for that over a, a world heavyweight title, which is already, you know, doing its best to beat the, the second place allegations, to beat the consolation prize allegations. Seth is working his ass off to put it in a position to where it is an actual world title. If Solo makes a move like that, it just screams to me that the Intercontinental title is actually your number two title behind the undisputed mm, one. Right. So I, that feels a little weird to me, although I don't hate the idea of him entertaining both options than maybe doing a Batista situation and, and challenging Roman. But like you said, I, I do feel like it's Cody's year. I don't want to see a repeat Rumble winner. And that then brings up the Gunther question. At first, I, I was very pro. We, we both spoke to Gunther at, at SummerSlam. Yep. I was very pro the idea of him being both Intercontinental Champion and World Champion and him vacating the IC title the night after uh, on Raw and just reigning with the World title. Until, it didn't strike me then, but it's striking me now, He's the record-holding Intercontinental Champion. We cannot have that reign end 
when he decides it's over. We cannot have a vacate situation. We saw the backlash to the Ring of Honor TV title, and that's a paper championship. No one gives a crap about the Ring of Honor TV title, and everyone was losing their minds over your longest reigning champion just vacating it to go for a world title. Gunther needs to lose that title to a challenger, and that puts it in an awkward situation of like, well, do you make him look a little weak before the Rumble? But you could do a situation where he literally loses no steam by losing earlier in the night, wins the Rumble, everyone's forgotten about him dropping the championship. There's a lot of moving pieces here. Well, here's one thing I want to bring up real fast because somebody, I I think Adrian mentioned China, okay? Here's, just game this out with me for a second, okay? Solo beats Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Rhea Ripley's his first challenger. Do you think that's a move that Triple H makes? Because I could see it. I mean, she, she is this generation's China. I'm just gaming it out here, guys. I could see it. What do you, Adrian, we'll share with you. You, had a, you shook your head there. What's your, what's your thoughts, pal? At, at some point, there'll be some physicality. Um, mainly, <laughs> I mean, just after last Monday, it's like, oh, Randy's going to get her one of these. <laughs> you always kind of know, right? It's coming. Just yeah. No, yeah. You know it's going to I just happen. think yeah. like, like unless Ruffle spends the bag and they bring back that mixed tag tournament, yeah. um, challenge whatever they called it a few years ago um i just here's the thing and here's the difficult situations it's 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 i'm laughing as we're talking about this it's like gunther losing and roman losing and all these people losing like it's gonna have the effect on us of like the streak because we haven't seen them lose in so long that yeah. we're like not gonna believe it um but i just like it to me like Rhea's in a, in a she's like on a historic very dominating run that is even unlike Charlotte. Like, come yeah. on, for years, everyone's like, Charlotte is the Brock Lesnar of the women's division. Well, so is Rhea. And what she's doing, whether she doesn't, she, I, I understand. You're like, oh, she's a, she hasn't defended the title and blah, 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 blah. Like, I get it. But I'm like, bro, this is different, man. The way that she talks to fans, like she was caught when she was looking at the, at the mocking CM Punk and yeah. walking up to the little kid and like, Yo, it, her flirting and then just the, the just everything cha- coming out with Drew, yeah. like to close out Raw when Drew decided to join the team. Like some of the stuff that she's doing is so fantastic that like you need to let her. It needs to run its course to like the point of whoever you you're gonna push the the um whoever you're gonna give the backpack the jetpack to whether it's when Tiffany Stratton and they finally decide to bring them up. But like look at all this stuff. Carmelo Hayes, all these dudes in NXT, yeah. they don't need to bring them up because of everything that's going on on the main roster. So whether people like it or not, like these things need to live in the moment. And for how, however long it's going to be, it's going to be that damn long because they yeah. can. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think it's uh, I, I'm 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 cu- I'm curious to see where they're going to pivot to next with Cody. Right. I was a proponent of Cody should have won at thirty nine for a while. Seeing the story and where they developed it and kind of gone, I'm like, okay, well, well, where would they have gone at that point, right? Like, at, right at that moment, like minute two after he wins that title, what's next? There wasn't really really anything clear at that point, right? Now there's a ton of clearance and a ton of ways that they can go with it. There's a hundred different feelers that they put out there. If it's the Judgment Day, if it's Drew McIntyre, right? If it's CM Punk, right? There's a ton of ways they can go uh, from a storyline post Roman. Uh, so I think there. I think for me, my money is definitely on Cody making his way back to Roman. Whether it's the Rumble, whether it's Elimination Chamber, which I think he's going to end up in. If he doesn't win the Rumble, I think he ends up in the Elimination Chamber, and I think he challenges Roman for the title. Uh, Speaking of challengers for the title, though, Liam, I want to pivot real fast to AEW because you brought it up and I want to talk about it real fast. Samoa Joe 
and MJF. Now, I am a, a huge Samoa Joe fan, have been for the first time I saw him. Those promos that he did with Brock Lesnar in the ring before Great Balls of Fire, I still think, and I will put money on this, friends. Anybody that's listening already, already knows this. Samoa Joe not beating Brock Lesnar at that pay-per-view is the biggest drop ball in the, in the 2010s era of wrestling. Print that on your hands, tattoo it on your forehead because it's always going to be true. Tell me about right here. That's where it was. You see this? You drop the ball, guys, right on your forehead. So let me ask you, Liam, tell me about the build with what's going on with MJF and Samoa Joe. Are you enjoying it? And do you see a world where Samoa Joe goes over on MJF? It's it's frustrating right now with AEW because once again they are in a position where they are reactionary booking to stuff that has happened out of their control. I think everyone knows that the plan was to do MJF versus CM Punk at World's End in a quote-unquote unification match between the real AEW World Championship and the so-called real World Championship. And the magic, man, this oh. this will go down. I, I genuinely believe, at least in my lifetime, this will go down as my biggest pro wrestling what if because Long Island, New York, less than 24 hours before MJF's contract expires, world title on the line, and you have the magic of CM Punk playing the heel mm. 12 years after the fact of, of Money in the Bank. That story, it was there. They clearly wanted to do it at Full Gear 2022. Punk got injured, all out debacle, blah, blah, blah. They did everything they could to make it happen this year. And again, the straw that broke the camel's back, we're never going to see it. Samoa Joe slotting in is a little frustrating for me just because we've already seen it. AEW does such a great job of having fresh challengers for their championships. And I really enjoyed MJF versus Joe at Grand Slam. Obviously, MJF didn't get like a fully decisive victory. Uh, and I believe he might have cheated and swindled. He's kind of rocking the Eddie Guerrero, yeah. the cheating baby face right now. I don't think Joe wins, but the MJF injury now adds another variable into it because he's got a torn labrum, something that if he gets surgery, he'll be on the shelf for four to six months. He's rehabbing it. So I, I I think that that means that he's just going to continue to to wrestle hurt and hopefully things resolve similar to what Seth is doing. Like at any moment, Seth gets surgery for his back. He's on the shelf for half a year, but he's choosing not to and just be that workhorse world champion. I do enjoy that AEW did this thing going up to full gear when he's fighting Jay White of acknowledging the fact that a lot of people want the championship. You got Wardlow, you got the stuff going on with the devil. You had Samoa Joe, you know, making his name felt leading up to the Jay White match. And now he is put in that position as the primary challenger. I don't want Joe to win. I I, I don't want, especially for this pay-per-view, this pay-per-view that should be built around MJF's contract status. And they haven't acknowledged it yet, Mm -hmm. even though all signs kind of point to them doing that eventually. Joe should be world champion one day, but it just feels too soon. MJF has had a really good run with the AEW world title. I don't think enough people are giving him credit. It's over a year old now, and it doesn't feel old. It still feels fresh. And I I want them to do the whole little angle of have him retain at world's end and don't have him show up on AEW TV until after the rumble. And I know WWE will, will make their efforts to, to try and dampen that storyline by saying he's not coming in. They'll, they'll do something because it's clear that they don't want to even give a hint that MJF's coming in when we all know behind the scenes, he is most definitely 99.7% confident he has re-signed a contract, but I would still like that magic of buying in a little bit. Yep. Work me. I like being worked. <laughs> it's fun. And, you know, thank you for saying that because I didn't mind being worked. Like when I saw, when I found out that Seth Rollins wasn't actually like, I was like, oh man, 
I got worked again. Like it was the first time it happened in a long time. I was like, that's exciting. It's a good feeling, right? Being back to being a fan, being back to being a kid, I was really hyped about it. But I also want to talk about Swerve Strickland because I know his name has been in a lot of people's mouths recently. Adrian, I want to talk to you about that. Tell me about your feelings on Swerve Strickland. How soon do you see him becoming world champion? And do you see a world where he beats MJF for that title? Swerve Strickland. Wrestle or most improved like what are we going with rookie of the year he's not a rookie I don't know what trophy he needs to get yeah. but I just know that his trophy case needs to be full because what a freaking run this guy has been on lucky enough to go to 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 full gear the the craziest listen every guy in that building during that Texas death match was disgusted including me Every female was like, I want more blood. Do it again. He touched your kid. He touched your kid. It was surreal. It was like the most, it was an out of body experience. Wow. When Jim Ross said that with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, out of body experience. Uh, I know he did an interview with Chris Van Vallette, um recently. I think it was earlier this week mm-hmm. where he talked about and was asked and shout out to Chris for asking the question of like, yo, what are your, your inspirations when it comes to the movies? And he's bringing up Heath Ledger's Joker and all these classic villains. And it's like, yeah, bro, this like Simon AEW. Phoenix too. Simon Phoenix. I'm like, yeah, I clicked in my head. I'm like, holy shit. That's one of my favorite movies. Demolition, man. It's a classic. And it's like, oh, now I understand why I like him so much. Thank God for AEW being a place that's like, no, go for it, man. If you want to do it, if you guys agree, if you want to drink his blood, Adam, go for it. <laughs> and he creates these moments and he creates like the, this storytelling and like swerve in the ring. Even um at what's the paper? Was it Revolution? This No, Wrestle Dream in mm. Seattle. Uh, the first Adam versus Swerve match. Like they stole the show and people thought. People thought they were going to steal the show. And that's like a different thing when all the expectations are like, no, I'm really curious about that. And they delivered. And now eyes are on him and he keeps delivering and delivering and he's on the microphone and like he deserves it. And it's just a weird circumstance of like, well, is he going to take the belt off of MJF? And like now we have to put MJF in a full like full baby face mode like that doesn't seem fair to MJF either because the great thing about him is he toes the line when he needs to when he needs to go back to being a dick he's gonna do it in a minute and be our scumbag so like they they need to handle swerve and getting that belt right and that's super important to make sure you get that correct and this injury and ultimately like yo my bottom line is I hope they don't put MJF in a position. I feel like he's going to do whatever he can to be out there and put him in a position where he's going to hurt himself for a longer time than needed to be as unfortunate as it is. This is the way of business and people get hurt. It's just like sports. It's unfortunate, but like, I want to make sure that he's good because he's so important. Um, But when it comes to swerve, like, yes, he's, he's going to be the first uh, black world champion in AEW. He deserves it. He has Agreed. been he's been killing it. He is a star. He is growing every opportunity that he's had. He's knocked it out the park. And I also want to say something too that Liam touched on. Sure. When he talked about MJF's run for the year and stuff. And I've been hearing a lot of uh, a lot of conversation of like, oh man, they buried Jay White and uh, all these things, and now you made him look weak and this, that, and the third. And you know, some people didn't really like the four pillars um, angle that they did at Double or Nothing this past year and stuff. And like. You can have your disagreements and I'm not going to say you're wrong. But one thing I am going to say is that MJF has turned himself into a star, mm-hmm. a bona fide star, not just an AEW star or a wrestling star. Like he is on that precipice to be able to do that, which is why I was so frustrated and couldn't believe that 
You just let Jade Cargill go. Like, how could you do that? She can walk into any room in the world yeah. and people not even knowing she's a wrestler. They're just going to be like, who the hell is that? And you can't let people go when you're in the position of trying to grow yourselves. So they have that with MJF and he's turned himself into that. And like, listen, man, yo, no disrespect to Jay White. I will be fully before he signed to AEW. I've maybe seen maybe three of his matches. So I'm coming from a place of ignorance. But bro, Jay White, you're a great wrestler. I love rap. I love dudes that know how to rhyme. But like, I don't care that you sound like you know a thesaurus really good. Like, I want to make sure the song's good. <laughs> right. So, Jay White, right. listen, I'm not saying he can't cut a good promo. He cut a great one after losing the swerve. That was really great. Like, Jay White, it seems like you're good. You know what I'm saying? And that's great and continue it. MJF is a star and he's homegrown and he did it in front of all of our eyes. So, like, he gets to have the... I guess the LeBron, if LeBron wants to have a game where he shoots 30 shots, he's going to have to take it because he's LeBron and he's so important. So shout out to MJF. And like, I don't, I don't like some of the critiques. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like in the darkest of days for this company, it wasn't Kenny. It wasn't the young bucks. It wasn't any of them. It was MJF that was kind of leading the charge. So when he says that in the press conferences, and he's like, I want to be the leader of the locker room. He wasn't just saying that he I, did that. Yep. Anyway, that's the end of my speech. Vote for me. Sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED talk. I appreciate it. No, I mean, I yes. agree. Like there's, 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 there's a certain, there is, there's a certain leadership quality to him, even though he is, you know, a scumbag, there's a certain quality to him that feels like he's the guy that's running the ship over there. And that's not a knock against Kenny Omega. That's not a knock against the young bucks. It just feels like he's made it that way. Uh, I'm very interested. I'm very bought in on this devil storyline, though. Uh, I'm just going to ask you just rapid fire real fast, because that's what we're going to get to next at the end of the show. And now we're coming up at the end of the program here. I have some rapid fire questions for you, but I just want to know, Liam, we'll start with you and then Adrian to you. Who do you think the devil is? I'm going to touch on a, a quick point that uh, y'all were making about the, the path to swerve becoming world champion, because I'm mm, very okay. pro this. Swerve, swerve beats MJF at Revolution. Because MJF's got to take time off before all in London. You need him on that card and you need him to rest up. And I think Revolution's a good spot to give him, you know, a couple months to, to get his, his shoulder right and all that. Swerve versus Osprey, main event of Ooh. all in London for the world title. I, 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 I said that when Osprey signed, I was like, you need him to have a foil that's going to be a, a guy that's not going to get cheered against him, even though they were able to make Cole versus MJF work. And I, I really believe Swerve versus Osprey is someone you can do. And it's happened before. We've seen Shane Strickland versus Will Ospreay on the independents before, and their styles mesh up really well. And, uh, you know, we got a pretty good, like, sports entertainment main event with MJF and Adam Cole. No knock to sports entertainment, but, you know, they, they did their whole, you know, shtick and everything and having the ref bump and all that. I think we are going to get an acrobatic work rate flips and spots, baby, the wrestling that I like. I think we're going to get that in Wembley Stadium in 2024. I did, I did want to bring that up. Sure. Uh, but my, my prediction for the Devil storyline... I still think Kyle O'Reilly only because he hasn't been seen on TV enough uh, because of his injury. And you have the liaison to him being linked to Adam Cole. And would that be a little bit of a letdown? Maybe for some, but I think for an AEW audience, for someone we haven't seen in so long, and for someone who I would argue is still a dark horse candidate to fill that mystery spot, I think there are enough good storyline implications because of the Adam Cole factor that would make it super intriguing. 
that's the only one I'm like 50-50 on. The only thing I'm for sure certain on is is the big man in the group is Wardlow. It is so mm. obvious. It was obvious this past Wednesday on Dynamite. Yeah. He came out for his match and his hair was messed up. Why? Because he was just taking off his mask backstage. <laughs> we all know it's you under there, Wardlow. Uh, but as for who's leading the charge, I think, you know, we'll, we'll toss a little 10 bucks on Kyle O'Reilly. Asia, Listen, there's enough, there's enough time. It's still CM Punk. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh no, God. I wanted it too. Um, look, I, I, I think this is a great situation for them where now that they don't know who it is, they can play with a lot of things. So I'm just going to go based on what Liam just said. Whatever. It's Wardlow. I kind of hope it's not Kyle O'Reilly because like, I just, I think it needs to be a name that has been involved in AEW for a long time. I even like the Britt Baker vote of it. I'm like, oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. And like, that's at least from left field, but I'll go with Wardlow based on what we saw last week. Yeah. My money is on Wardlow, but I do. I love the idea of Britt Baker being the devil. Like what, like what a, what a, a left turn uh, spin that would be. Guys, this has really been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying talking to you guys. I'm hoping we get to do this again soon before the Rumble because I'm sure I'm going to be seeing you both down there in Tampa. But at the end of every show, whenever I have somebody on the show for the first time, I have a list of rapid-fire questions I want to throw at you real fast. So in the order we'll do, we'll do Liam's answer first, and then we'll do Adrian. So if you're ready to go, I'm going to throw these at you here. Liam, we'll start with you. Your all-time favorite wrestling match. Oh, well, originally it, I got it behind me it was AJ Styles versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2016, but that was recently usurped by Omega Osprey, Forbidden Door 2023. I was there. Wow. Adrian, where are you at? Uh, fake Justin Gabriel fan over there, by the way. Um, <laughs> Sean, I'm disappointed Sean, you didn't mention Justin Gabriel, but you know, that's okay. Uh, Nexus forever. Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, <laughs> WrestleMania 25. Like many. Your favorite WrestleMania? Oh, uh, 28 for nostalgia purposes, I think. That's a good one. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 17. Ooh. I listened to My Way by Limp Bizkit three days ago, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately? Are we sure? I mean, you know. It's I admit it. I, mean, I just want to move bangs, on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to move on with my life, but it still bangs anyway. <laughs> Dude, that their their new album still sucks. was fucking great. I, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> um, worst match of all time. Oh, wait, I know this one just because <laughs> I thought about this recently. It's not, I know it's not a trivia question, but I, I was thinking about this recently. What, something that like made me super frustrated. Oh, man. Adrian, this is all you if you got yeah, an answer you, before you me. You jump in first. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. It's not one match. It was the Raw after this year's Mania. Oh, oh my God, what a waste of time. God. And an extra hotel room. And an extra hotel room. I could have went back home. Oh my But God. a specific match, I don't have it right now. Liam's thinking, what do you got? Probably... Triple H Roman Mania 32, just Oof. because of like the the who cares mentality of yeah. like what are we doing right now? Man, that that Ambrose Lesnar that year too was like, what's going on? That whole Same yeah, time. that I was felt, tough. I felt like everything outside of like Undertaker and Shane from that WrestleMania was like, oh man, this is the shits. Like and it's seven hours, nonetheless, you know. Um, well, well, hey, our boys Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona winning the IC title. That's true. That, that All right, was, so that was yeah. a moment. That yeah. was a, that was a good moment too. So we'll add that in there. Uh, worst gimmick of all time. Man, I know this was supposed to be rapid fire, but you're <laughs> making right, me think man. here. Hey, man, that's what we do here. Worst gimmick all time. <laughs> I hate giving. I hate, I, I, hate, I hate giving you dead air. I'm trying to like no, you're think good, out loud you're right good. now. What do you the think? Lacey Adrian, Evans. 
Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was going to say the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the Isaac Yankum DDS Kane's old gimmick, but I wasn't even watching. I just, I see that in just wrestling list videos all the time. Dude, I was, I think, I don't know, what was that, 94? I was nine or 10 years old. And even then I was like, this fucking sucks. This is terrible. What do you think? Oh, uh, you know what I'll say? I'm I'm sorry, Jungle Boy. I don't get it. The the current <laughs> heel gimmick he's got going on. I didn't mind the Jungle Boy uh character actually. I thought it was a good like mid-card comedy act. Not even comedy, but just like lighthearted yeah, for the kids. Silly, this yeah. this heel this heel Jack Perry coming out to a sy- symphony. I'm sorry. He's a nice guy. I've interviewed him before, but it's just not working. And it also cost us CM Punk versus MJF at World's End. So. Yes, it sure did. Adrian, what do you think? I just off the top of my head, I'm sorry. I just I lace anything Lacey Evans has done. <laughs> it has never really hit for yeah. me personally. Just my opinion. Sorry. Your favorite wrestling angle. <sighs> I got the good ones here for you guys. This is what we do. I was just thinking about earlier today how do we are for a company-wide, like, all-encompassing story. Mm. I love when, like, I love the the Nexus angles and, like, the Vince McMahon limousine angle. And the last time they tried to do it was Retribution that obviously flopped completely. Oof. But I really do enjoy a company-wide angle like that. And Nexus feels like it's cheating because I wasn't watching live. Um, man... An era. Yeah, oh, you, you know what? You know what? This is going to surprise a lot of people, and I'm going to sound like a mark for saying it. But when Kenny beat Moxley for the AEW World Title with Don Callis's help, and Don Callis ran him out of the arena, and the last thing we heard was, "You'll have to find out when you watch Impact Wrestling next week." That shocked me. Obviously, mm. the Forbidden Door has been burst wide open since. But that, like, I got, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. I was like, oh my God, this is my generation's version of the ECW and WCW crossovers. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what we are, this is what, like, we're acknowledging the greater wrestling world. So I I can't definitively say it's my favorite, but it's definitely my top three for for how I felt immediately in that moment alone. Adrian, what's yours? The punk remix of his ROH going to WWE, taking it to the WWE version against Cena. I'll, I'll end with what I started with, with the punk scene of money in the bank, <laughs> that angle summer of punk was amazing. Biggest missed opportunity in professional wrestling. I already know the answer to the Liam's. I already know he's going to say, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's punk MJF three, uh, whether they were going to do it at, at full gear 2022 or whether they were going to do it at uh world's end. I, I, you know, I'm sure they're, might be ones that are older that have a little bit more shelf life. But as of right now, I think that will go down in history as the biggest missed. Adrian. Um, piggybacking off of him, it's punk. Like we never, you tell me we didn't get punk Brian in a, in a big stage proper time or versus Eddie Kingston yeah. with more than a two week build or facing Omega or letting the bucks, <laughs> like letting this real life stuff play out uh-huh. on camera, which is always the best. Like it just, it's, it's what makes it so surreal that he's here because that was so disappointing for so many reasons i am fully expecting as a sidebar here i'm fully expecting if we do get seth and punk either at the rumble or at mania or at both at any of these events he's going to come out dressed like one of the young bucks i already see it happening i feel like <laughs> oh, that's seth? going to be yeah. oh seth is going to troll him that is going to be next level shit for me guys like i might i want to sit next to you guys at the rumble while we're there in the press box just so you guys can see my reaction when it comes out but uh, Seth Rollins, speaking of Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins or Kenny Omega? 
Oh, I'm a Kenny guy. I'm sorry. I I, I know all the all the WWE fans are going to hate me for that, but <laughs> Ke- Kenny's different, man. Kenny's different. Adrian. He is, but I went to school and college in Tampa while FCW and all that stuff's going on. So I'm going to ride out with Seth. Why not? WWE, AEW crossover, does it ever happen? Well, we heard recently Warner Brothers Discovery wants Raw. Mm-hmm. That's the only shred of hope I see. Uh, you know what? Here's what I'll say. At some point, in our lifetimes, yes, only because one will buy the other inevitably. Mm-hmm. So, something will happen, and uh, or even if one doesn't buy the other, one will end up needing the other. So I'm gonna stick my head in the sand and say, yeah, sure. Adrian, I'll I'll play the other role. I'll say no in terms of what we have now. Tony Khan in leadership. I think it's too petty. It's yeah. too petty between them. Like yeah. just to this week to sign punk, to just do it with free money. Like it, it's too petty between them. I don't think so. Unfortunately. Uh, WCW. And we're talking about pre Russo and the height of the NWO or ECW. I, I have a very limited amount of exposure to both. But I will say WCW, just because I feel like I've watched a little bit more. Adrian? I, same thing. You asked the wrong era for this question, but <laughs> it's still a great question. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. WrestleMania yeah. is going to be in Philly. I'll go with ECW. Uh, NWO or DX? Oof. Oh, I'm an NWO guy. Like, I, again, I wasn't really watching live as much, but they're just so cool. Yeah. Like, the shirt's more iconic. The hand signs are more iconic. People still tossing up the two sweet today. Adrian, people are still tossing up the sucket today and in all yeah, types of true. things. But, <laughs> but I'm a man of merch and wearing t-shirt and clothing, and that NWO NWO shirt is top tier. So I'll go with NWO. I will let you know that one of my one of my oldest son just got in trouble for doing the crotch chop at school, and I can tell you that I've never been more <laughs> proud as a dad. At that moment, I was like, "Listen, buddy, James, you're just you're." I love you so much. Uh, last You're question. the real MVP. He really is. He is the MVP of this house. Uh, last question for you guys. Sting and The Undertaker finally wrestle. Who goes over? Man. <laughs> this stumps everybody. It, yeah. If, if it's today or even in the last five years, I don't see how you can't say Sting because Undertaker's body was broken down by the end of his run and, and Sting still looks pretty spry. But yeah. if we're talking streak era Undertaker, Taker gets the win, but but Sting makes his name in that match. I'm going with The Undertaker. Be sure to search Adrian Hernandez Undertaker interview on YouTube. Cheap plug. Yes, dude. And by the way, you're, you're both that and your, your Adam Copeland interview, they were both fantastic. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for being here. This has been really exciting. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I want to give you both the opportunity to plug everything you got coming up. Liam, we'll start with you. We'll jump into Adrian uh, and just let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can find all your stuff and how to keep in contact with you. Well, yeah, first off, thank you so much for having me. It is so rare. I get to talk wrestling on a podcast uh, to this extent. And it literally, I get giddy. Like I, yeah. I got goosebumps throughout this conversation. <laughs> we're vibing. We're yeah. having a good time. Uh, so again, I, I'll happily come back on anytime. Love My it, stuff, uh, you can find me on all socials, Liam T. Crowley, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, trying to post a lot more on Instagram Reels. So if you want to see interview clips, they're over there. And then as for what I got coming up, if you are an Adam Copeland fan, he's got a program coming out called Percy Jackson and the Olympians over on Disney Plus, And I have 
so many interviews and trips and big things related to that. I will be talking with Adam at some point. So don't worry. We'll find a way to get a wrestling question there some, somehow. Uh, and other than that, I actually spoke with uh, Rocky Romero earlier today. So I'll have cool. that interview up at some point next week. We talk a lot of stuff. Uh, MLW, New Japan, the relationship with AEW. Uh, he is such a wealth of knowledge. Uh, so even if you're not familiar with his work, uh, I think you'll find what he had to say uh, really, really rewarding. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff coming out. Just stay Locked to socials to stay updated on it. And by the way, if you're in, interested in making content, you need to follow Liam. Yes. Um, we haven't met yet yes. up until this moment you joined the podcast, but shout out to you because you've truly been killing it. Um, but on socials, on Twitter, Adrian Radio 93, Instagram, Heavyweight Radio. I uh, just talked to Josh Alexander yesterday. Um, this past month, Eddie Kingston, Adam Copeland, uh, Shotzi, a lot of wrestling interviews and stuff that are up there. So go check those out. Um, and, uh, Adam, thank you so much for having us and having me, um, and being able to talk wrestling and stuff. This has been fun. I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to follow me at, uh, this is Goober on Instagram, Twitter. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand pal. And don't forget, I'm starting to utilize this YouTube here, uh, where you'll be able to watch us here with our smiling faces uh, on this video. Don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and share it with your friends, uh, share it with an enemy. Or, you know, yell at someone at Wawa. Either way, it's fine. Guys, I can't wait to take you both to Wawa when you're here in Philadelphia as well. It'll be my treat. Uh, Liam Crowley, Adrian Hernandez, thank you both so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and produced by Adam Barnard. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. The show was mixed and engineered by Carl Pinnell. Our intro and outro music was performed and produced by Dumb Ugly. Additional musical accompaniment provided by Enrichment. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Elmi. Follow us on Twitter at FND Radio Pod and find our entire archive at foundationradio.net. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production. Butts Carlton, proprietor.